You stand on the shore of the ocean watching the tide come in. You sense the call of the sea beckoning to take you further. You step forward little by little, not knowing what to expect, but expecting more. You keep going as the ocean calls, calls you to enter in to deeper waters. Welcome to the Deeper Waters Podcast. I am Nick Peters, your host, seeking to bring you the very best in Christian scholarship and apologetics, and well, today I hope is no exception, because this show was scheduled for April, and things happen sometimes, and April, as you all know, is Autism Awareness Month, and well, I'm going to be the one being interviewed for Autism Awareness Month, and to do the interviewing, I've brought on my friend Evan Minton of Cerebral Faith. Evan, uh, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and your work and such? Yes, uh, my name is Evan Minton. I'm a Christian apologist that I write for Cerebral Faith, cerebralfaith.blogspot.com. It started off as a podcast in August of 2012. That's when I that's when I published the first blog post and set up the website. So it's been going for almost 10 years now. Uh, and just this past January, I've started the Cerebral Faith podcast. I've also published several books on Christian apologetics, such as The Case for the One True God, A Scientific, Philosophical, and Historical Case for the God of Christianity, A Hellacious Doctrine, Defending the Biblical Doctrine of Hell, and My Redeemer Lives, Evidence for the Resurrection of Jesus. I have done a handful of YouTube debates, and I spend a lot of time arguing it with skeptics on social media. And where can people go and find your podcast and work if you're interested? Um, you can find the podcast. You can find the podcast on pretty much any. Well, not any, but a very large uh, variety of podcast players. You can find it on Podbean. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on iTunes and Spotify and uh, Google Podcasts. And you can find it at anchor.fm slash Evan dash Minton. And I also host the podcast episodes on a, a sister site to Cerebral Faith called Cerebral Faith Podcast dot blogspot dot com. So you can find it in and on Cerebral Faith Podcast dot blogspot dot com, uh on the in a sidebar, I have a list of all of the various different places where you can subscribe. So today you're going to be talking with me about my life and journey with Asperger's, and you suspect you might have it yourself, right? Yes, um, my mother and several of my friends and a lot of, a lot of people who have looked into Asperger's and, and know something about it uh, think that I have it based on behavioral characteristics that I have, and I can't remember very many of the symptoms of, of autism myself, 
but when I did some of the research, I thought, you know what, this does sound a lot like me. I was never officially diagnosed, though. Um, my mother, when I was uh, very young, uh, took me to a team of behavior behavioral analysts, and uh, they watched my behavior behind uh, one, you know one of those mirror wall things where you can't you can't see that there's someone on the other side and um uh half of the team said that I did have Asperger's but the other half said that there wasn't enough data to conclusively decide one way or the other and so I never got an official yes or an official no so uh, maybe I have it maybe I don't um I don't know yeah I know my wife and I have watched a lot of your Facebook posts and such, and she says, that guy posts so much about Pokemon every day. He's got to be an Aspie. <laughs> Where today I get to be the one sitting in the hot seat, which is a first for me. And Evan, I haven't given you any questions in advance or told you anything to ask about, have I? Uh, no. Okay, well. Go ahead and get started. Okay, so um, when was the first time that you were diagnosed? How did you find out that you were an ASPE? Like, did your mom take you to be uh, to behavior analysts or something? I vaguely remember going a lot to this place in Tennessee growing up called like a disability center and such. And I don't remember exactly when the time came, but when I was in fifth grade, I'm told, my parents said they got the diagnosis, autism. I might not remember it too much because, first off, maybe I wasn't there. Maybe they just told my parents apart from me. And second, I was probably too busy playing video games at that time to do anything. So um, what are... to some of the symptoms of Asperger's. What's what is a typical Asp? I know I know that it's like with with a lot of these disorders. Like I have um, ADHD. Not everybody is uh, like. There's no cookie cutter. I think um, there's no cookie cutter example of of what an Aspie is. Just as there's no cookie cutter uh, example of what someone with ADHD is. Um, and there, there, there is a spectrum of autism. There's like, there's really high functioning, like, uh, like you and Hugh Ross. Hugh Ross also has, has Asperger's and they're re really, a number of times, yeah, they? really high functioning, very smart. Um, and then you have on this other end, someone who's just, they're really debil debilitated by it and they, they shrink away from interactions with others they can't bear to be touched and um you know there's this there's this spectrum so on on your end of the spectrum what's what's like the typical symptoms that might make someone think you know i think this person might be an aspie well i appreciate how you said that there's no cookie cutter because one of the things that's said about it, this is when you meet one person with autism you've met one person with autism and I'd say for me, some of the things are that I am very socially aloof with things. I don't really know how to follow social cues of any kind. 
I can't recognize them. If uh, you know the thing about you guys is we guys don't really get signals, especially from the opposite sex, where it's ten times as much for me. I don't catch on to subtle hints or anything like that. I do tend to be very obsessive with my interests. It's either I have zero interest whatsoever, or else it is a full-blown obsession of mine. I will avoid eye contact with people. I, I hate eye contact. The only exception is my wife. I can look into her eyes constantly. And I tend to be very literalistic in my thinking. When I was growing up, we had a road near us in Knoxville called uh, Broadway. And so when I'd watch all these shows and hear, hear about all these performers want to come and perform on Broadway, I always thought, why, are, why is everyone coming to that road in our town? <laughs> or I'd see commercials about don't drink and drive and say, Dad, why are you drinking coffee while you're driving? You're not supposed to drink and drive. And I have an extremely finicky diet. And one of my things also is that dirty dishes really bother me. If I wants me to be a good husband and take a dirty dish for her to a sink, if there is one little stain on it, I carry it like it's biohazard waste, <laughs> practically. And my, my diet is really finicky. And this is something I always work with me on, but... I pretty much only eat hand foods. I don't eat hardly anything that requires silverware. Ali is trying to push me to use silverware, and well, let's just say she can be a very motivating woman to me and such. And she she is the only person who has got me to change my diet in any way whatsoever. Interesting. You know, some of the things that you mentioned are, are some of the things that I can really resonate with, like having obsessive interests, you know, either not having any interest at all or just being like 100% all in. Eye contact, I, 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 can, I can relate to that too. I, I am very uncomfortable looking into the eyes of someone else. I do it because mm-hmm. I have to because otherwise yeah. they won't, they'll think I'm not listening to them or that I'm just off into the distance. But it's like you're staring into my soul. <laughs> yeah. And, and but um, me, it, it's like I have to push to force myself to do it. And even then I can't do it for a long time. Like I said, the only exceptions out. Yeah. So, um, just, yeah. And, and I think, I think some of those things that, that I, that resonate with me that I can relate to are some of the reasons that, that people think that, that I have it and I may have it for, uh, mm-hmm. for all I know. How has Asperger's, um, affected your life either positively or ne- I know it can affect you. Uh, I know I keep moving my microphone away from my mouth sorry uh i know it can affect you positively because the whole obsessive interest thing it can give you a deep knowledge base on a certain uh subject because you just run that thing into the ground so if your interest is quantum mechanics you could become an expert in quantum mechanics because you're just obsessed with it but um so how has it affect affected you positively and uh, how has it affected you negatively well, possibly. I mean, I have been told I'm pretty much a Bible encyclopedia. And no one wants to play game of Bible trivia with me. 
I mean, my father-in-law, New Testament scholar, doesn't want to play against me. because he's Mike Lycona? Mike Lycona doesn't want to play Bible trivia with you? Because he says I'll dominate him in the Old Testament. Oh, dang. Yeah. Uh, that, that's how it is. Um, and, so, I mean, you just... I, I can remember so many things sometimes that screams in My wife's looking into Eastern Orthodoxy, and... So many people will be talking about when the Great Schism took place, and I'll tell them what year it was. I'm not someone who really studies this thing entirely, but it's just, I remember it. When I was watching Smallville religiously, I knew every single episode title in order. And oh wait, there were over 200 episodes. I knew them all. Wow. I'd, I'd say it does get me laser focused. If I'm in a debate, it is very difficult to distract me. I will stay on my, on my topic. I recently did do a debate with Dan Barker, and some people said, I don't know how you kept from caving under some of pressure when he seemed to be getting somewhat aggressive and such with things like it. I remember him just pointing his finger at me, saying some things, and I said, I would have probably broken down at that point. For me, I'm able to keep my cool there and such. And because I'm very, it's very difficult to sway me with emotions. I said, Ari is probably the only exception to that. And I'd say the negatives, though, are it's very difficult when I'm in a public group and foods around for me eating it, it's kind of like a necessary evil if i have to put up with again ari is my big help here like um, when we were engaged we went to this event at the seminary i was at and it was going to be it was this big fundraiser they had, and I said, hey, we need to uh, go to this fundraiser because, you know, if I'm going to have my own ministry, I need to be out there so people can see me and get in the know with people who would be able to financially support us and such. Because, you know, if you're in ministry, you have to get donors. That's just the way it is. Yep, and by the way, everybody, I, Cerebral Faith has recently got a Patreon page, patreon.com slash cerebral faith. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, and so Ari and I were engaged at the time, so she just happened to be in Charlotte. I think we were, her member came here to make some wedding plans and such, and she was here, and so we went together, and we're at this event, we're at this event, we're at this table, everyone's talking and laughing and things like that, having a good time. And then the waiter comes by and he comes to me and says, so, sir, what would you be having? Deer caught in the headlights entirely. I had no idea what to say. Frankly, I reached over and she kind of patted me on the leg gently and said to the waiter, um, it's okay. He's finicky. He won't be having anything, but he's fine. Thank you. And... And she let he he moved on. I'm thinking, gosh, I love this woman so much because <laughs> she's such a lifesaver. 
we had a time when we were at this Christmas party with a, a small group Bible study we do. And I'd be sitting in the living room just reading my book. And Allie was starting to just say, honey, please come in and eat something, okay? Try and be social. I mean, she pushes me. She means well. And I do. And the hostess comes up and sees me. And she's trying to be friendly and encouraging. I know she is. But she says, oh, Nick, you're eating. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. She runs up to me so excited. Once again, frozen. And at the start, Allie is kind of giggling such. But then she realizes, wait, wait. My husband is not joking here. He's not joking. He's he's very scared with this. And I was. I was honestly scared. And she had to give me some comfort. I, I can tell you, I was miserable the rest of the evening still. But she talked to the hostess and explained things. And the hostess and I worked things out a little bit. But... And, Anyway, so we're on good terms and such. But it, it was still very hard for me. I mean, those are some of the things here. At, I mean, it, it's really hard to be in society and not understand what everyone is doing. I mean, it's especially hard when you're growing up to go through that. And I had to, I understand I was the first person on the spectrum to graduate from Knox County schools, going all the way straight through. Wow. The first person? Mm-hmm. That's my, that's what I've been told. Wow. So, um, th- it is, um... It is said that a lot of the a lot of people who have Asperger's are really really smart, and I have found that that has been the case. I know you you are brilliant. That I mentioned Hugh Ross a while ago. Um, it's it's said that Isaac Newton had uh, Asperger's, and I, I remember when I was doing some research on it, there there were a lot of like f- famous people uh, in the sciences and in philosophy who were uh, characterized as Aspies. Um, Do you think that there's something to that correlation? Yeah, I think, in fact, that Thomas Aquinas was probably an Aspie. And I get this from a story that when I was studying at SES, and one of my professors told us about it, and what it was was a uh, was that Thomas Aquinas was apparently at this banquet sometime, and all around there was noise, people talking, things like that and such. And Thomas Aquinas is just sitting there, contemplating or something. And all of a sudden, he puts his fist down, slams on the table, and says, "And that we're a set of manichees. And everyone else just freezes and there's supposedly a king there who says whatever he is thinking someone write it down right now but to me i look at that and think that is totally an aspie trait right there (laughs) and if you want to talk about my time growing up like that where where i 
been like that. There was a story that my parents tell me that they say I taught myself to read when I was one year old. And what happened is that, believe it or not, the book that I was mainly going through was the Bible. Isn't that ironic? And they tell me that the, the word, one word I got really confused on and such, and I need to know more about, was the word chapter. I did not understand it, but this Bible had the word chapter in it. And so they told me what that meant, and I understood it then. And so um, what happens is one day my dad takes me to this department store, I think like service merchandise or something like that. And he says, he puts me in front of his computer and he goes off to play this video game. Now, if anything's like it is today, his video games don't last long. And when he comes back, there's a small crowd in front of the computer. And I'm sitting there and apparently I've typed in all the books of the Bible in order spelled correctly of how many chapters they have. And they ask, is this your son? Yeah. Did he do this? I don't know. Clears the screen. Nick, do that again. And I do it again. Yeah, my parents knew something was up then. Wow, that is that is amazing. That that's absolutely I I I certainly couldn't name all of the books of the Bible and I couldn't even I, I can name like maybe the first five books of Moses and then maybe some of the historical books after that. I can name a lot of the New Testament books in order, but not all sixty six not all sixty six. And certainly uh I certainly couldn't tell you how many chapters each one have. That that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. We have always all the stories that I get about growing up, and I don't have any reason to think otherwise, but they're false. I mean, my parents don't give me false stories about me growing up. They're very honest people, so that's what I, I'm told. Awesome. Um, so how does um, – how has your um, – your autism or your Asperger's um, affected your spiritual life, positively or negatively? Mm, you know, it's really odd because it's really difficult for me to connect a lot with a lot of spiritual things and such because one thing, prayer can be very hard for me because if you have a hard time just going up and engaging regular, everyday people, you just imagine how hard it is when you do that with God, okay? It's extremely difficult. And But, I mean, I can do barbering and such, but I don't connect a lot with, say, a lot of the songs I hear regularly in a church service. Uh, if they, they don't relate to me very well. And when the church has an emphasis on feelings and how you feel about things, I tend to zone out at that point because I honestly don't connect with it. And if some people do, that's fine. I'm not knocking them. But for me, it doesn't register. 
And that, that can lead to a very difficult Christian life in many ways because you, you live with this fear that what if God is just like an intellectual pursuit and not someone you love for him? When I was living in Charlotte, oh, wow, I was speaking at my church and this lady came to me later. Oh, I was just talking to her shimmering. She said, you know, when you spoke, I've heard several people speak about God, but when you were speaking, I think this guy really loves God. And I'm saying, and I told her, you know, I would honestly tell you, I would not describe myself as a great lover of God. But if that's what you think, maybe you're right. And my own wife, when I started communicating with her, she was just amazed by it. I says, this guy loves apologetics. And he also loves the things I'm interested in. Like I could talk with her about Pokemon, for instance, and I knew what I was talking about. And I was older than she was even. And... I love God at the same time, and I tell you, I still get amazed that you think that because that's not terminology I would use to describe myself. I I, I wish I was, well, I think it's a better level of God, but it's hard to understand that when you uh, you don't know how to express things well, and it's, it's even hard for me in my own marriage because I love Ali tremendously, and yet at the same time, I don't understand it at all because the emotions and such, they don't make much sense to me. Uh, so uh, what advice would you give to um, young people who have Asperger's and are really having a hard time with it and they're, they're – um, they're running into a lot of difficulties. Like, what advice would you give them to improve their situation, to work around uh, mm, yeah. things? Mm. Accept reality, first off. You have it. It's not going to change. You might as well accept it. But second, find the things you have to work on and work on them. And it's best if you have someone who can support you. They Without Ali in my life, I think I would absolutely flounder in everything that I'm doing because she she's such a strong support me and she doesn't even see it. it it's very tragic. She doesn't believe she's that support for me, but she is. My parents consider her a miracle worker for all the things she's done for me. And, such. and I'd also say the Internet has been a gift to me by some respect from because it is so much easier to find our voice on the internet because you don't have to type, you don't have to talk face to face. You can type your thoughts out instead and you can communicate that way. Of course, you do lose some things of communication, but it is a much safer way to communicate. Yeah, I, I can definitely, I can definitely agree with that. It's a lot, it's a lot easier when you just have a, a picture besides some words and, and like and like you said, you know, you do lose some things because sometimes um, when I'm dialoguing with a, a skeptic or maybe even a Christian I disagree with on theological issues, I may come off as more harsh than I oh, yeah. intend to. Uh, but if I if if they if I was speaking to them face to face, they'd hear my tone of voice, they'd see my facial expression, my body language, and and I'm, they might not think that I'm as harsh as as I am. But since they just have the the text there. Um, uh, so sometimes I 
so I re- I'm really careful with that uh, with written discussions. I try to uh, I yeah. I try my best to um, to get across. Uh, I don't have to be quite as careful with uh, in verbal conversations because you know yeah. people people can read me better. But um, you know you can you can really easily be be misread over text. You know that brings to mind something else here that happens with me that. Sometimes people do think I'm rude out in public because I don't communicate as well in such. And sometimes people know there's something going on. Like the Protestant church we attend, if we are in Sunday school and there's a discussion going on, the pastor leads a class and I'm not saying anything, he knows he needs to talk to me after the class because something's wrong, because I will always be contributing. But if I'm quiet, there is a problem, and he knows it. But I can, say, be behind someone in the checkout lane, and I'm warning them to, say, get the barrier that you put between each of each person's orders of groceries and such. You know what I'm talking about. And I, or someone could be in my way. I'm going to move out of the way. I'm trying to indicate, like, make hand motions or anything. I can't seem to get myself to open my mouth and say, Please hand me that barrier, or can you please move out of the way, or anything like that. It's like I'm frozen verbally somehow. It's really difficult to explain that, but uh, my mind can't seem to get the words out there to say what I want to say to communicate the message I've got. Yeah. Um... Speaking of groceries, mm-hmm. what grocery store do you go to? This is totally unrelated. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just wondering, are you a Bilo guy? We don't have one here in the area and such, but it will ultimately depend on – it's usually said in a marriage there's two, two people in there. One is a spender, one is a saver. I am the saver in our marriage. I, even if I'm playing a video game, I'm holding on to my money and items as much as I can because you never know what could happen. You never know. And so I'm a saver. I go through and I buy the cheapest stuff I can buy. I buy the store brand instead. And it will normally go between three different stores, Kroger, Aldi, and Walmart. And I'm constantly counting the cost of everything, go and check the discount section Every single time and see what's fair because I try to make every single penny last. Yeah, he, uh, amen, brother. Um, I, I, re- I bought a book today on Amazon, Finding Darwin's God by Kenneth mm-hmm. Miller, and I bought a used copy of an unknown binder because ultimately it would be $9, where if I bought a new copy, it would be $31. And yeah. I, I buy – and if I can, I always buy Kindle versions over uh, hardcover because mm. because they're cheaper. So I, I can totally relate to what you're saying. Yeah. You know, yeah, Never I, I, never spend more money than you have to. I'm a subscriber to several newsletters about Kindle deals and such. So I can buy books at the cheapest price. And thankfully, as someone who does a podcast and such, now I have it that publishers send me books for free. Which is really awesome. Oh yeah, it books is. free. That that's really awesome. What's the latest book that the that you've had a publisher send to you? Uh, 
uh, most recently. Oxford sent me, and I'm going through it now. It's slow going through because the, the content is really vast. It's philosophical terminology I don't normally use, but I'm going through two dozen or so arguments for God, the Planting Gut Project, Jerry Walls and Trent Dowdery. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. I, I wanted to get it, but it's 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 kind of pricey. You're lucky to have gotten it for free. Straight from Oxford. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, uh, what what other kind of books have you gotten from your uh, free publishers? I mean, uh, series yeah. is pretty much apologetics books. Although the second topic I read the most on, honestly, is marriage. Trying to understand marriage very well, and with that, I also try to make an emphasis on sexual ethics. Particularly, we had a time again with a small group that we attend where. I went over to their ha- house one day, and this guy's daughter came down, probably like 17 or 18, and she was talking about this guy she was dating. I'm pretty sure they were living together. But, and I said, so how's it going for him? And she started talking. I said, so are you going to get married? And he says, well, he's not, he doesn't think he wants to yet. He says he wants to travel first and things like that. And... Red flags are going up for me immediately with this. And I call Ari to come in so she can confirm things with me. I say, you know what I'm getting when I hear that? I'm getting the message that this guy is telling you my personal fun is more important to me than spending my life with you. And that's a dangerous message to me. And I went on to tell her all these things I started my you know, here's what you should see your worth as to a guy. And here's the dangers of living together. And and her dad's sitting there and he said, you know, I'm so happy you're here tonight because I've been trying to tell her all these things and she hasn't listened because, you know, for parents or the people you don't listen to. But now you're saying it objectively outside of me and I think she might listen to it. Yeah, I that well, as you were saying that, I was like, ah, that sounds like a guy who sounds that has commitment issues. That, that's what I was. Th- that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. That that is certainly, and I haven't even. I'm I'm not even. Uh, I I haven't studied sexual ethics and marriage and all that stuff. That's just yeah. that's just going off of pure instinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like to tell, tell people that before I got married, I was pro marriage and such. Now I'm married. I'm pro pro marriage. You're, you're what? I'm pro pro marriage. I mean, uh, oh. like, you seriously up it because I understand it a whole lot more now. So, yeah, now I know why this is so important. Yeah, I try to as a young unmarried person. I try to listen to all of the people who are married and have had good marriages uh, that I can, and try to listen to what could prepare me. Because listen to the to the old and the wise and the married so that I get so, cause I, my plan is to have one wife for life and I yep. don't, I, I want to get it right the first time. Cause that's, that's the way God intended it. Yeah. Well, I'd tell you also, and if this is something for anyone, I've, I do have a group on Facebook for Christian men who are married, engaged, dating, or hoping to date and marry. And that's uh that was um, um, that's called as Christ loved the church. 
As Christ Loved the Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I have... I know you like your podcast to be two hours uh, long, but I'm 35 minutes in, and I've run out of questions to ask. What do I do? <laughs> uh, I'd say you just think of anything else you want to ask about. Um... E- so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, have you been working on a Pokemon team? Because I know I I know I beat you last uh, last time on Ultra Sun. Um, no, I haven't been. Yeah, well, let me know when you're when you're ready. I've been uh, I haven't really been playing too much Pokemon lately. I've been going through the Zelda series. I haven't. And I, I've even slacked up on that because I've been uh, listening to uh, a lot of. I've been I've been reading two books at once, which is something I don't normally do. I've been uh, reading creation. I've been reading creation evolution books, along with uh, Brian Gadawa's uh, Chronicles of the Apocalypse series. I know you've had him on this show a few times, and so I really haven't had any time for video games. Uh, but I'm done with that now, and hopefully get back to the uh Zelda series and my plan is to just go through all the games but hope you know when I'm done with that I hope to get back to uh Pokemon and start team building cuz uh the meta game on Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee is really different from the meta game of the Alola games so I'm really having to kind of read the field and uh try to come up with counters to the usual threats and all that. Yeah, I've been going through Breath of the Wild lately and very enjoying it. Yeah, um who was um it well, who was it? Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, yeah, he said that he hosts the uh, AK-47 podcast which which is not about guns. It's it's because uh his name Kyle and his co-host Aaron AK. Uh he said that the Breath of the Wild was such a good uh Zelda game that it pretty much ruined all of the other ones for him. They they all just pale in comparison. Would you agree with that assessment? You know, when I started going through Breath of the Wild, I thought it was going pretty slow and such. I didn't understand what's going on, but the more I got into it, it became more and more exciting for me. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they um, they changed Link's outfit this time. Uh, uh, he's not wearing his usual green tunic. That was uh, that was really surprising when they first revealed Breath of the Wild. Because I'm like, what Link without his green tu- tunic? That would be like Mario without his red hat and overalls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we really should get talk back to talking about Asperger's. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um. Do you have any uh, friends who have uh, Asperger's uh, IRL in real life friends? Oh yeah, we we have some people that we live nearby with here in Georgia who have Asperger's. I mean, we've got a friend who, after I and I are going to be moving to a new apartment complex sometime on this month on the fifteenth and such, just because it's cheaper and such. And after that, sometime I'm going to have a friend come over and possibly some others who might be interested and we're going to have a uh, 
Power Rangers movie marathon going on. So, yeah, but that that's how you can tell we're, we're both Aspies. When the, when the last movie came out, we were there on opening day, and he, he was driving, and he had in his CD player and such so many songs from the show. And we were just singing along with all of them that we could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you seen um, Avengers Endgame? Are you and your uh, your Aspie friends uh, Marvel fans? Um, we haven't talked about that too much. My wife and I fell behind. We haven't even seen Infinity War yet. So we've got a whole lot of catching up to do. Okay. Um... Let's see. Uh, gosh, I'm I'm really I I've run out of. I really thought I had enough to at least last an hour, but I've I've run out of things to ask you. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm out of questions. Yeah. Maybe we should just wrap things up here, man. Yeah, it's it's going on. It's forty minutes, so that's not too bad. Um, so thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks for talking about your uh, Aspergers and your situation. And uh, to, I'm it's I'm sorry that we couldn't get this done by in in May. Um, in April. Yeah, I mean in April. Yeah, in April. Because uh, I. Uh, because I I wasn't I just wasn't doing feeling really well that day I, I I don't know what was wrong with me I just felt so weak and so sick that I just I I, I just couldn't do it so we had to postpone it and I like to let people know that next week I'm not going to be here because I've got a high school reunion back in Tennessee and I'm going to give her oh, and the and the. Then the week after, like I said, we were just moving, so I don't know if we have internet access in- yet or not. I'm not risking it, so I'm not uh, going to be doing another show. But we'll see what happens on the 25th. Who knows, Evan? Maybe you'll be on. I'll get to interview you. Yay! That'd be nice. Um, so, yeah, that's I guess uh, that's all we have for today. Um, I guess uh, you can do whatever you do to close the show with. Like uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and thank you, Evan, for coming on. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Deeper Waters Podcast. Peace out.